0: And in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, on this, the last Sunday of the Advent season, we begin by reflecting on the course of our gospel readings throughout the season. Series B that we are in is most, one of the most challenging because our primary gospel, Mark, has no birth narrative. Son, save us now! And the beginning of Mark's Gospel, which he titled, The Beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Then, the opening of John's words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And today, we hear from the opening chapter of Luke, which centers around two miraculous pregnancies, two miraculous beginnings. Across the press of people and questions surrounding the Baptist and the Jordan River, today we get to eavesdrop on a very private conversation. Artists have often portrayed the scene in very intimate ways, usually in Mary's chamber with either a window or a skylight open, supposedly to allow Gabriel to enter the room. Gabriel, whose name means God is my warrior, is one of only two. He appeared earlier in chapter 1 to Zechariah, where he declared, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God. But he also appeared centuries earlier to Daniel, actually twice. In both situations with Daniel, Gabriel came during a time of prayer and waiting. He came to help Daniel, just like Zechariah and Mary, to know what will be, to, quote, give you insight and understanding. more concerning another conversation, partner. Mary was probably too young to drive, barely a teenager. <laughs> she lived in a small, forgettable town in faraway Galilee called Nazareth. She was a daughter of, Abraham, of the covenant, a child of Abraham, of the tribe of Judah. But her people in those days were nothing to write home about. The glory of David and the splendor of Solomon were distant memory. Hers was likely the simple life, looking forward to the consummation of her marriage to Joseph. Simple, until Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings! More literally, Rejoice, O favored one! The Lord is with you! You can hear the excitement in Gabriel's voice. This was the event of a lifetime of a hundred lifetimes. If you've been following along with our Advent series, this is the seed of Jesse's tree about to sprout and grow. The promised seed that would defeat Satan, the ancient serpent. It is, at first, a rather lopsided conversation. We hear not Mary's voice, but the inner struggling going on in her just like Noah and Joshua and Gideon, and countless others have received grace before her. But for you it is different, it is special. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. God will sent a child, a son, as he had in the past to Sarah and to Manoah's wife and to Hannah, and especially to the wife of Ahaz, the king of Judah. You recall that conversation, don't you, between Ahaz and Yahweh's prophet Isaiah? Ask a sign of Yahweh your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or as high as heaven. But guess wouldn't do it. Therefore Yahweh himself will give you a sign, Isaiah continued. Behold, the young woman shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. will be called Great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of David, His Father. Notice this utterly unique dual sonship. He is the Son of God, and He is the Son of David. The prophecy of 2 Samuel 7, our Old Testament reading, fulfilled when Yahweh turned David's desire to build a house for him on his head. I will make you a house, Isaiah or Yahweh declared. I will raise up your offspring after you. I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. This came had the promise of a In his first epistle, Peter tells us that even the angels longed to look into this mystery, and now Gabriel was here making it known to his mother, to Mary. Mary did you know, the popular Christmas song asks. It is a a wonderfully haunting series of rhetorical questions set in a minor key, yet it has little basis in scripture. Mary, did you know the song, yes? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Did you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was the very first thing that Gabriel told her. And the basis for her first question, the first words out of Mary's mouth. How will this be? Since I am a virgin. I will ask at this point how this question differs from the one of Zechariah, the one for which Gabriel struck him mute until the birth of his son. Quite simply, Zechariah's is a question of unbelief. How shall I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in years. This question is laced with skepticism, a challenge to God. Prove it! if well to reflect on our own doubts, our own wrestling with unbelief, our own willingness to test God's will. It may not be as dramatic as Luther's. Help me, St. Anne, and I will become a monk. But we test God when we chafe against God's timing for schooling, or marriage, or employment. We test God when we covet what He has not blessed to us. We test God we only turn to Him for help after we have failed. Mary's question is of an entirely different sort. She has no analogous cases to help her out, and the angel had intimated nothing whatever about how she would become a mother. Here, really explains The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The same Spirit that hovered over the deep at creation, a creative spirit that eternally renews creation, as the psalmist sings, when you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Psalm 5 prophets as well speak of the Spirit's connection to creation, Isaiah, Joel, and Amos, and others. But Mary asks, how? A seemingly simple question. We must not think of the Holy Spirit as fulfilling the male role of a normal conception. The Incarnation was vastly beyond that, as Lensky suggests. It is, finally, above even Gabriel's pay break. But his word choice points us back to the Old Testament, and another time when God became physically present with his people. There in the wilderness. As the tabernacle was being dedicated, We Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle because the cloud settled on it. At the schiazzo, the same verb as our text, overshadowed you. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. We cannot help but hear John's summary of the incarnation. And the Word became flesh and tabernacle with us. And we have seen his glory. The glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It was, in the end, Theologians, including Luther, have spoken of three miracles. The first, that a virgin should conceive a child. Luther suggested that that was a mere trifle of the God of creation, the one by whose voice the heavens were formed, whose thunder in the forest caused the deer to give birth, Psalm 29. The second miracle is a little more weighty, that the child to be born, following Gabriel's language, will be called the holy of God. We struggle to be faithful to what is revealed and not go beyond the witness of Scripture. The egg, the DNA of Mary, did not receive the divine, rather the old one was taken up into the second person of the Trinity by the power of the Spirit, surely beyond our understanding. But this was not the greatest miracle of the day, according to the fathers. That was contained in the Virgin's second speech. Behold, I am the slave of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary believed. If she had not believed, Luther declares, she could not have conceived. And this, he asks, is the hardest part for us as well. More about that in a minute. First, I would like to bring to your attention an intriguing connection back to last week's gospel. You may recall the Baptist Confession. I baptized with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Attending to the sandals of the master and washing the feet fell to the lowliest of the household slaves. What John, the greatest of those born women, was not worthy to be, this young girl, most blessed of all those who bear sons has become the slave of the coming one. It is harder to imagine the more complete servitude than to bear another's child. That precisely this was undertaken by a teenage girl in a forgettable town in an obscure corner of the Roman Empire. The godchild nursed at her breast. She comforted and clothed, cleaned and cared as only a mother can do. All this for the one who would die for her sins and ours, piercing her heart even as they pierced his side. As the days of Advent draw to a close, let us ask ourselves a simple question. Do we believe with Mary? She believed when she heard the word of Gabriel. We have that same word. The sure word of Gabriel, but we have even more. The word incarnate, the fruit of Mary's womb, And we have the Spirit who works faith in us through water and word, bread and wine. We need these means of grace again today because the believing can be the hardest part. Sometimes it's hard to believe that God is truly with us. Sometimes it's hard to believe that God truly cares in the midst of this pandemic. We hear His word of promise and presence. We hear His word of forgiveness. But is it really for me? We need to lean into Gabriel's description of Mary. Rejoice over favor of one. What made Mary favor was not her lineage, her accomplishments, or even the purity of her heart. She was favored because God chose her. In his letter to Ephesians, Paul describes all Christians with the very same word: favor. He has favored us. He has graced us in His beloved and Mary's Son. God has chosen us to be daughters and sons out of nothing but favor, nothing but grace. You are redeemed. You are mine because I chose you, God declares. In the end, By human standards, not many of us were wise or powerful or of noble birth, followed right to the Corinthians. We have done nothing to justify God coming to us with his favor, but he has. God has sent his word, creating faith and giving eternal life in his name. To God be the glory. Amen. Now that peace that surpasses all understanding guards your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. We confess that faith in the words of the Nicene Creed on page 158, which is this: stand.